Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Hello. It's so good to be up here. It's good to be able to do this up here. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I'll get to that. (laughs) Oh, man. I really like this church. Thank you for um, listening. God, I, I pray right now that... Um, the soil of our hearts would be good um, soil to receive word of the Lord today. That the seed of the word of the Lord that would be for our season, that we would um, nurture that thing and it would grow in our hearts. In Jesus' name, I just pray every spirit in here would receive what they need from the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right? Okay. The title of my message today is called When That Pit just won't quit. Okay? (laughs) Uh, I've been in a pit this year, pretty much the whole year. Um, Many of you know what happened to me uh, with my neck injury, but there's actually quite a bit more that happened in my health this year behind the scenes. And I just want to bring you up to speed on um, what I walked through. And I feel like Listen, this might not be a new word for you, but hopefully it's a now word for you, okay? I want to encourage you. I want to call you higher. I want to give you encouragement that it will, you will pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen? You will pass through. Just don't stop. All right? So trials in our lives are a bummer, but trials can also have great potential, right? Okay? Trials are a bummer, but they have a lot of potential. And when we overcome trials, we actually get stronger. And Jesus gets more glory, right? The key of of walking through trials is to not become worn down and spiritually faint. Because the enemy of our souls has a goal. And he has some goals that he just wants to discourage Christians enough to make them ineffective in their calling, right? He wants us to sit down and stop the fight, the good fight. He wants us to feel like God's not good toward us. What Harmony was saying was perfect because the enemy wants you to feel like God is not there for you. He wants you to believe that you're in it by yourself. The enemy wants our eyes to be totally on our temporary pain and discomfort and off of the big picture of our purpose, right? He doesn't want us to advance the kingdom of God. He wants us to look at our own life and stay in our own heads and be thinking about ourselves all the time, right? So there is a fight. And I'm telling you, when you have perpetual trial after trial after trial after trial after trial after trial, you get a little tired, yes? Is there anyone else? (laughs) You're just like, I'm doing great. And then something happens to you. Okay, Mm-hmm. That has been my whole year. This psalm I really love. Um, let's read this together. Psalm 40, starting in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put, uh, see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. When God pulls us out and rescues, rescues his people, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. 
Could it be that that pit is a setup to, to bring people to, to, to salvation, to watch you be saved out of, of course, out of darkness to light at salvation, but also out of your pits in life. People are watching us and it is a declaration to people and to the powers of hell that God's kingdom is advancing, that he is alive and well and mighty to save. Yes? All right, so I have a random question. How many of you are competitive people at games or sports? Yeah, okay. I know some of you, and I don't play games or sports with you on purpose because I want to protect our friendship. Um, <laughs> how many of you are not competitive? You don't really care. Aw, I bet you have mercy hearts because you're like, I want everyone to win. I want everyone to do their best. I want all the kids to have a trophy at the soccer team. <laughs> okay, that's another subject. I know we could do a soapbox there, but I'm not going to. Okay, listen. Is Garrett here? No. He's here? Where are you? Garrett, do you think I'm competitive? Not at all. <laughs> we played Settlers of Catan with him, and I am one of those people that was like, sure, you can have my resources. If you need them, that's fine. And he was like, why? What are you? <laughs> you're, supposed, you're trying to win. And I was like, I kind of don't care. <laughs> Which drives really competitive people crazy because they want you to, they want to have an equal opponent, yeah. Okay, so listen, I don't really care about winning um, games or sports that much, whatever. I do care, I do care about the fight of faith and seeing Jesus kick the devil's butt. That's the sports team that I'll paint my face for and go rah, 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 go Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus, devil, you're a loser. That's the team I really care about. And when I'm in a pit and when I'm in a trial, it makes me feisty. It makes me like, come at me. You're going to be sorry you messed with me. That's how I get, okay? So as I'm sharing this story, I'm not competitive to beat people, but I am like, Jesus died on the cross. He disarmed and defeated the enemy. He will not get the glory in this. Jesus will, no matter what I'm going through, okay? It makes me like, tenacious. <laughs> So I'll just quickly share this year's story with you guys. A lot of you probably know this. I shared a little bit of this with the women um, in July, but I'll just kind of give you an overview here. Um, in January of this year, on the 15th, I had a pretty major surgery. I had a full hysterectomy, had my ovaries removed, um, and my everything because I was having so much pain, so much trouble um, for years, probably uh, seven, six or seven years. Um, I cannot tell you the pain I would go through. I don't feel like I could actually exaggerate how horrible the pain was. It was so bad. Um, I'd have to go to the emergency room. They'd give me Dilaudid and it would not touch it. It was like I could not sleep. I could not be in my bed. I had to sit up. It was torture. And I'm not trying to be a, a, a wimp. I'm just saying it was tormenting to me and my family. And you would never know because I would never be around when it was happening to me. And then when that pain wouldn't happen, I was fine, 100%. So I've been struggling privately for many years. So in January, um, thank you, Evan Snyder. Let's give him a hand. In January, we decided, um, okay, I'm probably not going to get pregnant again. This thing is maybe infertile. It's destroying our lives. Let's go ahead and do the most extreme thing to take care of it, which was the surgery. Okay, so I am going to heaven one organ at a time. It's fine. 
<laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> Some of you are probably ahead of me. <laughs> okay. So after I had this surgery, the doctor said it was one of the worst she'd ever seen. It was in my liver, on my, all over my intestines, my, my bowels. It was bad, okay? Torment, whatever. I'm like, good. January, I'm having the surgery, 12-week recovery. Um, it was a pretty intense recovery just of how extreme it was. And then after that, I'm moving on. I'm feeling good. Come on, right? Woo! Yeah! So I had three really good weeks starting in March. Started working out again and doing my thing. And then on March 28th, uh, Kurt and Vin and I were in the car heading over to Fort Collins to go to a, a meeting for ministers to learn how to deal with pornography in the church. That's where we were heading. <laughs> and we were on 34, slowing up to a, a stoplight, maybe going 5, 10 miles an hour. And we were rear-ended um, from someone that did not even slow down or break. They hit us at least 65 miles an hour from behind. So our car flipped into the median, landed upside down. Their car flipped into the middle of Highway 34 and landed upside down. And I broke my neck in that accident, okay? I went into the ER, they did scans, and they, they said I broke my C5 and my C7. And I wore that beautiful robotic neck brace when I was doing this a lot, you know, turning. Um, I, I was in that neck brace for 12 weeks. They, um, yes, I wore it 24-7. Yes, I wore it to sleep. Yes, I had to wear it in the shower. Yes, all the time. Yes, I did, um, because I wanted to get better, <laughs> and I did not cheat. Um, and when, one thing I didn't make public at that time is when I broke my neck, they found on my thyroid some concerning nodules, and they said, I know you're feeling good, but you broke your neck, and by the way, you're going to need a biopsy when you come out of that neck brace. And I was like, <laughs> I just got better. <laughs> I just got done with six or seven years of pain, just recovered from my surgery, and you're telling me I broke my neck and I probably have cancer. Right on. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, okay? So um, that was hard. So they said, don't worry about the biopsy. Um, just get through this time. And... Um, We'll see how it turns out. Thyroid cancer actually isn't um, as intense as a lot of cancers, but it's still the C word. Nobody wants to hear that, right? So on June 17th, I got my neck brace off, and on June 18th, I went in for my ultrasound to see what was going on. I expected to walk out of there, and they're like, oh, those doctors, they're fine. You've had a lot of prayer. It's okay. And the ultrasound tech was like, those look really, um, yeah, you should have your biopsy, yeah. So um, I had ultrasound Tuesday, biopsy Thursday, um, and then the following week, uh, well, actually, in that week, the Kenya trip left that same week that I was supposed to be on. Um, I didn't feel peace about going once I broke my neck. Probably shouldn't have gone, but I was really sad to miss it. Um, the same week that I found out that I probably have cancer is when the Henderson said, we're leaving for sure, <laughs> um, which they're like our best friends, associate worship pastors. That was a tough week, guys, because <laughs> I just got out of my neck brace, right? So that's when the pit won't quit, right? I blessed the Hendersons. They made the right choice. It just was hard, okay? I didn't want to hold them back. It's fine. I blessed them. So um, like six days, I had to wait to hear back about my biopsy, which how many of you have had to ever wait 
for a biopsy. It's not very fun, <laughs> right? It's not very fun. You're like, tell me, tell me, tell me. The results came back highly suspicious for thyroid cancer. Um, a surgeon told me my results, so I was putting two and two together that I probably would need surgery, which they said, yes, you need to have your thyroid removed. Um, even though it's not diagnostic, it's probably cancer, right? So I scheduled a, an appointment for another surgery. <coughs> and um, then after I got those results, the next week after that, I was scheduled to speak to the women here at church. <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't want to preach. Because <laughs> um, I was having a little bit of a hard time. But I felt like the Lord said, this moment, you can't get back. And people need a leader who doesn't always have it all wrapped up in this pretty bow, but they're actually walking through a trial. They don't know, they probably think they have cancer, but they're not sure, but they're still showing up to speak without being like, yeah, bless God, it's going to be okay. I was like, I'm going to be okay, but this really stinks. But I know he's with me in this trial. He's with me in the fire. So anyway, I, sh I preached, and well, it was more of a talk, kind of like this. It was good. Um, but I started getting a lot of prayer, and I started asking myself, how would I know if I've been healed from this thing, God? What if, what if it's not cancer? Should I take out my entire thyroid that is functioning perfectly fine um, for nothing for the rest of my life? Because I'm not that old. That would be a bummer. Um, and what's really cool is the Lord answered my prayer because after I preached at the women's thing, um, the next, that following week, I had a surgeon call my cell phone who wasn't the surgeon that I scheduled my surgery with. It was like a mix-up. And he saw me when I broke my neck, and he saw my biopsy results, so he was calling to follow up with me, not knowing that I'd already been followed up with. Which, how many of you get phone calls from surgeons randomly? <laughs> so I said, hey, can I get a second opinion? Um, I'll do what you guys think is best, but would you mind taking a look at my stuff? So he put me on hold, and he uh, took 10 or 15 minutes, looked through all my stuff. He said, you know what? I think you should just do half of your thyroid. I think you're going to be okay. It looks pretty low risk. Uh, why don't you start there and we'll see how it goes. Praise the Lord because you can live off of half a thyroid and not have to take medicine. That's cool. So that was like a real God thing. Yay. So anyway, um, I had surgery on um, July 16th. Uh, I missed one week of church, and then the next week I wore a sweet scarf. It was really beautiful. <laughs> you guys had no idea. But um, it was like this crusty thing um, that I didn't want to talk about <laughs> at that time. Um, and then I found out on July 24th with a follow-up with my surgeon that, yes, indeed, it was thyroid cancer. And it was kind of weird because in the same time he said, but you're cured. So I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> I had cancer, but I know anymore, but, hmm. so weird, right? Was this a weird year for me? Maybe just me. Um, and then uh, last Monday, I got my blood work back, and my thyroid is functioning, so it looks like I don't have to take meds. So I'm finally getting good news. Yay. Cool. Praise God. Okay. Weird year. I have been asking God for understanding, but I just want to give you guys some, some things to help encourage you. I know a lot of you have walked through a lot more life than me, and I get that. This is more of just an encouragement to keep going. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to hear this again, right? What I'm going to say, I'm just going to give you three things that we need to do when we're in a trial. When the pit won't quit, what do you do? 
And these are three things that work for me. So as I say, I'm, I'm telling you, this is for real what I've been doing this year, okay? So that's what I'm gonna share with you. <clears throat> Number one, when that pit just won't quit, you need to get the word of the Lord, okay? I wanna read to you Ephesians 6. This is a good chunk of scripture, but a lot of you guys know it, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation on and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yes, that's a powerful verse. Um, we could spend like seven months unpacking all of it, okay? I wanna focus on that last, that last weapon, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, okay? The sword of the spirit is the one that's the... Whoosh, I'm gonna jab you back. <laughs> Come at me, I've got defense, but the sword is the one that's like, I'm actually gonna hurt you. I'm actually gonna do damage to my opponent now, right? And the word there for word of God that is the sword of the spirit, in Greek, there are two words that can be the English word word. So there's the word logos and there's the word rhema in Greek. And sometimes the word logos is used. And logos is the entirety of the scripture. It's the Bible. It's, it's the word of God, okay? The rhema word does not include all the scripture at once. It includes the alive word that the Holy Spirit is making known to you, revealed to you in a moment that you need it. That's when you're reading the Bible, reading the Bible and just sitting there and then something is life. Something pops. Something goes into your spirit. That is the rhema word of God. The word here, the sword of the spirit is not the logos word, just reading the scripture. It is the rhema word, the alive word to you to fight back. You need the word of the Lord. Okay, so in my season, I had all this junk. Well, let, let me just say this. The rainbow word is not just your cute Hobby Lobby verse in your house. It's cute and it's good. I like those verses. I like your favorite verse. Cool. Get the now word. <laughs> okay? That might not get you through what you're walking through today. You can't just go back to the thing that's preserved you for 20 years. You need a now word. Yeah? So this year, um, we were in community. I was going to go in for my first surgery, and I had a lot of people praying for me. Actually, Matt Henderson called this group of really amazing anointed people to pray for me in our home, um, just blessing me this year. So this is the beginning of the year. And over and over and over, I have had this word spoken over me. This year, for you, Emily, is going to be a, word of, or a year of rest. Huh. Well, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Huh. Um, <laughs> you don't say. No. Um, <laughs> no, they said that God is going to um, let you rest and more will get done when you're resting this year. You're going to be more productive by resting, okay? Listen, yeah, it probably means resting my body, recovering, being good to myself, doing some self-care, 
resting in my bed, watching Netflix. That's okay to do, yeah? Okay, this is the rhema though. Resting is resting in God. Resting for me was resting my anxious thoughts in who God is. Resting for me was resting, why? What What did I do? No, I'm gonna rest in him that he's got me. Because when we're anxious and when we're trying to figure out ABC and do a beautiful mind where it's like A plus W plus Q, oh, I must ascend. No, mm -mm. I'm gonna rest in the finished work that Jesus did for me on the cross, that he loves me, he's faithful to me, and I know who I am, and he's fighting for me, and I'm just gonna heal up. That is rest, and that is crazy, because in Hebrews 4, it says strive to enter into rest. So work really hard to enter into rest. What does that mean? (laughs) You know what that means? It takes some work to get your mind to let Jesus be your rest and to not try to do what he already did. Actually believing that he did it all for me, he paid it all for me, I am right with him no matter what I do. I get to stop striving and I get to let him fight for me. But you have to work really hard to like, what if, what if, what if? Nope, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna believe that Jesus did it all, yeah? Strive to to interest. That's the word of the Lord for me. All right. Yep. Awesome. We like to be in control and we like to be in charge. And so for me, resting was a lot of just um, believing, okay? And when we're at rest in our hearts, it's a, it's a better place for us to actually have faith and believe what he's saying. It clears our cluttered mind. Okay, so get the word of the Lord. Um, I just wanna give you a plug quickly for small groups. Those words spoken to me were be, not from a Sunday morning in a corporate setting. That was from in a home with people who I, knew me outside of church that could minister to me. So please, 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 it could be the thing you need is community. Surround yourself with people who are there for you when you're in a trial, okay? Yeah? Come on, clapper, I like it. (laughs) Okay, number two, when that pit just won't quit, you gotta go with what you know, okay? (laughs) This is not like high-level stuff. This is what actually works. This is me just saying what I did, okay? When I felt sad, when I felt like things were hopeless, when I was like, man, one thing after another, can I get a break? Oh my gosh. I would feel hopeless, right? Just me? No? Right, when you get out of debt and then you find out someone's suing you or something. Has anyone ever had something like that happen? Right, when you pay something off, then something happens, you have to take out another loan. Anyone? No? Just me? Okay. This is what I literally would do. I know this sounds so simple, but it is warfare and it is what worked. I would do this. I felt really sad and I would go, all I know is that I love God. (laughs) And I know that he loves me. And I just sit there in that. And then I get a little happier and be like, God, you love me and I love you. I will never turn away from you and you will never leave me or forsake me. And it just kind of pumped me up of like, that one thing is real, (laughs) right? And I'd rein in my thoughts to like, okay, 
I love Kurt. I'm blessed. I have a good marriage. I love my kids. I love my church. I love my friends and family. I love my city. And then I start going from like what I know to like what I know. I'm called to this city, you know? I am called here. And it was <laughs> that anointing and that authority would start being inside of me of like, I am passionate to fulfill the call of God on my life. Right? I am passionate about living a life that demonstrates love and power of God, and it will set my kids up watching me. It will set them up for a future that said, oh man, my mom went through hell, but she believed God. I'm gonna believe God. No devil in hell can stop our family. Come on, right? I'm called to be a mom of men and women, and I'm called to lead people into their God destinies. I am called to preach the gospel. I'm called to see people healed and set free. I'm called to see the kingdom of God advance and to see the enemy get his butt kicked, not my butt kicked. I'm called to be light. I'm called to be love. I'm called to make a difference. I'm called to lead. And I'm called to be a good friend. It works. You got to go with what you know right? Start out with the basics. The basic is God loves me and I love him. Come <laughs> Start with John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, God so loved me, he gave his only son. And if I believe in him, I will have eternal life. So what if, if I got killed anyway? Because where am I going to be? In heaven. I was born twice. I will never die. Okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay to live in victory because the enemy cannot win. He cannot have our soul. The other one that I go to is Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his own love for me by why, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. It didn't matter what I was doing. He loved me and demonstrated it by dying, okay? And when you start going with what you know, it's like, wait a minute, let me think about this. He's already answered some prayers, so he'll be faithful again, Right? He's already been too gentle for me to quit now and give up and act like he's going to change. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Focus and be thankful for what is good. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is what I would say almost every day. Thank you, God, my kids were not in the car with me. They were at school. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was in a car that was safe. Thank you, I was in a Subaru. It kept its shape. That thing was like a little tank. <laughs> Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you I'm not paralyzed. Thank you I don't have cancer in my body anymore. Thank you that I don't have pain like I used to have. You know? It's not looking at what's wrong and what's sad and what's yucky. It's what, what is good? What is praiseworthy? What can I give him praise for? And that's you got to go with what you know, all right? There you go. All right, number three. Don't you dare lose your ground. How many of you have fought for breakthrough in a lot of areas as a Christian? All right. Sometimes we're taking ground. Sometimes we're holding ground, but we are never, ever losing ground. What does taking ground look like? The best illustration I can think of is in the Old Testament when the children of Israel have been wandering and wandering for 40 years, and then Joshua is going to lead them into their promised land. 
And the strategy that God gave them was not, ta-da, this all belongs to you, go take it. Nope, what he did was he had them fight one battle at a time. One battle at a time, one giant at a time, one city at a time. Why? Because they needed to be mature enough and strong enough to handle what God was giving them. Okay? And those battles, he was with them, but it took some fight to fight those things. And uh, they got attacked even after they took ground. So they took ground, and then they had to hold the ground. But you didn't see them pulling back and giving it back to the enemy, right? Okay, so taking ground in our lives looks like Jesus died to give us all his promises, right? All his promises are yes and amen. Jesus died and put his bloodline in my blood so that I no longer carry the generational curses of alcoholism that were passed down to me because I have a new promise. That's my promised land, okay? So Jesus broke um, divorce in my family line, stopped with me. My promised land is we're gonna be committed and faithful to each other till we die. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Did you hear that? He said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. And the church said, amen. All right. Um, The the promised land is um, blessed blessed finances, not having lack in our lives. And and sometimes we take ground when we begin to tithe. We begin to say, this is consecrated unto the Lord. I believe you, God, that you're going to protect my household, that this money is yours and you're going to do something amazing with it. Um, Sometimes taking ground looks like just praying for someone like Garrett did. That was taking ground. Sometimes taking ground just looks like um, pray, uh, walking by faith, um, it, obeying God. Um, honestly, taking ground, some of you, don't swear at work. That's probably a big deal for some of you, all y'all, right? Like, I'm actually taking a stand here. Okay, so the next thing that we do is sometimes we hold ground. Sometimes we're under fire. Like when you have a surgery and then you recover and then you have a broken neck and then you have cancer and have another surgery, Sometimes you're taking fire. It's <laughs> taking some hits. Ephesians 6.10 says this. I just want to, do I have those um, underlined? Go to, can you go to the next verse? No? Oh, is that all? Okay, never mind. Okay, here we go. I just want to point out to you all the times it says stand, okay? So we're going to read this. Um, Finally, be strong. The Lord is mighty on, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against rulers and against authorities, against powers of darkness in the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to your ground. And after all you have done, after you've done everything to, come on. This year has been a year of just standing and holding what I've been fighting for for a long time. Okay, how do you just stand? How do you like not lose ground? You show up. You don't hide away and quit and give up. That is giving back what you've already fought to gain. Show up. (laughs) If you've made a pattern of being at church every week with your family and then you have a quarrel on the way to church and you're like, all right, I guess we shouldn't go today. No, you really should go that day. Because you're getting a little resistance from the enemy and you don't want to give that back. Do not give it back. Come on. 
I felt like when I hurt myself, I was still called to lead you. Why? Because I want Jesus to be glorified. It's really not about me. It's really not about it. It's really just being faithful. I want to be faithful when things are going well. I want to be faithful when they stink. Why? He doesn't change. Why should I? I'm going to show up. So you show up too. That's holding your ground. Stay in the word. And be a good example to your kids. Don't just check out. Like, your kids are watching you. If things get hard, do you throw a fit? And do you give up and, like, have to go through a sabbatical of I hate church, God doesn't love me? Or do you just hold that ground and say, I'm going to stick in there because my kids are watching me? All right. We are never losing ground. So we, we take ground, we hold ground, but we're never losing ground. I love this verse, Hebrews 10, 39. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Shrink back right there, it means like to cower and to like slink away and sneak away. So if life gets hard, do you just shrink back? No, no. We have faith, like Harmony said. I feel like that was exactly for us. Listen, some of you have had to fight to have a sound mind. Some of you grew up with a fearful and anxious household. You got saved. Jesus came and delivered your mind from fear. And then all of a sudden you watch this show about like something bad that happened, like a kidnapping or someone cheated on someone. And then all of a sudden you're tempted. Am I gonna keep my sound mind or am I gonna start thinking something really bad's gonna happen to me? You will be tested. You do not give the ground back of the sound mind. You hold on to what was true, that Jesus delivered you from a spirit of fear, and you're not passing that thing down anymore. That is not turning back, okay? Some of you have had to fight for a safe and peaceful and respectful, phone, respectful home because you grew up with rage and abuse. Sometimes you're going to be tempted to grab your kid and wah! <laughs> Nope, we're not doing that. We are not letting the, the enemy have a foothold of abuse in our home or rage. We're gonna have self-control. Sexual purity, some of y'all stop sleeping around. You stop looking at porn. And then there's the summertime's coming and all the girls are wearing their booty shorts. Hey, just saying. Don't give the ground back. It's a temptation. But everything that you have been tempted with there is a grace to overcome that thing. Because do we believe he is alive and he's for us or do we not believe? Do you think you're on your own? You are not, okay? I'm just reading these because maybe there's some people in here that it's your thing. Breaking substance abuse and alcoholism. You get stressed out, where do you go? Do you go to a cigarette? Do you go to a drink? Do you go to your pipe? No, you don't. That's why you need community and friends to hold your ground, hold your ground. Yeah, amen. Some of these things are just, you've had to fight for sanity. You've been delivered from mental torment. Don't give it back. I have the mind of Christ, right? We put in the truth of God. Some of you have been delivered from rejection and abandonment and feeling um, forsaken. And as I was studying this, I was thinking about being abandoned or forsaken or or um, people who feel like they're in a fight, but they feel like God is um, mad at them or he has removed himself from them. This is pretty common. How many of you have ever felt like that? Like, oh man, God's mad at me. I'm fighting this thing. I was reading about what Jesus' words were on the cross. 
Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the rest of the Bible talks about, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, um, if I make my bed in Sheol, if I make my bed in hell, wherever I go, there is God, right? Um, All through the Old Testament and the New Testament. But Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? I want to tell you something about that. That that time of having um, an abandonment from God when God looked away from Jesus had to happen once and for all. God had to turn away because Jesus became sin. He actually took on himself all of our sin. He became the thing that was unholy. And God had to look away. And that sin offering had to die and be buried, the sinless one. And God had to forsake that sin to heal and to restore and to redeem all of mankind because the offering was acceptable. And then Jesus rose from the dead. And with that, there is absolutely no legal way for you to say God has abandoned me or forsaken me anymore. It happened once on the cross and never again for us. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? God is with us. It is not just a cute thing. Oh, God is for me. It's like, no, Jesus suffered violently so that I would know that I am accepted in the beloved. Jesus died violently so that I could come into the relationship with God where I know he would never be mad at me or forsake me because he did all that on the cross. That was the justice. Yes? Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Okay, cool. All right, I got off on that tangent a little bit, but it's because the way we think really determines a lot. Um, I'll wrap up in just a second here. I just wanted to say, as I was um, healing up since I've had my, honestly, August has finally been a month where I haven't had (laughs) some kind of recovery or something. I'm finally starting to hike a little bit and get out. Um, And I've been asking God a lot, help me have understanding about what I just went through because I want to be sure to give you all the glory for it, because you brought me through, and you want to set people free, right? So I pray a lot, and I actually had a dream um, in the last couple of weeks. It wasn't a profound thing, and I hardly remember it, but I saw Greeley, and I saw our church, and I felt like God was like, you guys are making a difference in this city. It is bigger than you, this stuff that's happening, but the enemy cannot win I just want to encourage you, City Lights. Like, you guys are advancing the kingdom of God in this community. When we walk in love, when we walk in hope, when we walk in light, people see that. When our church is not competing and talking bad about all the other churches, but we say, let's serve the other churches, let's be humble, let's be in unity, that is the kingdom of God advancing in our city, right? Unity in the church, the devil hates it. Love for one another in the church, the devil hates it. Caring about the, the poor, caring about our schools, caring about the homeless, caring about our community, caring about life, that stuff, devil doesn't like it. So don't be surprised if stuff happens to you, but listen, would you rather live a boring life where you do nothing and you watch Netflix all day, or would you rather get in there and see Jesus get what he paid for?
And you'll notice in Ephesians 6, a lot of you guys know this, but with the armor of God, there's no armor on the back of the person. That is because we're not meant to retreat. We're not meant to turn back. We're meant to stand and we're meant to advance God's kingdom, even when we're under fire. So just remember there is a bigger picture. I'll just encourage you with a couple of scriptures and then we'll wrap up here. Genesis 50, 20. This is Joseph speaking, who was treated pretty horribly, but he became a deliverer for, um, for, for Israel. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What's happening to you when you go through trials? Listen, I don't care if you have kids or not, whatever, you have influence. Some things happen to you, and they are for the deliverance of many, okay? First Peter um, 4, 12 and 13. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I want to be overjoyed when God's glory is revealed. I want this city to be full of the love of Jesus. I want to see salvation. I want to see households that were abusive and they're not anymore. I want to see people who've never seen functional family learning how to do kingdom family. And they stop passing down poverty. They stop passing down um, abuse situations and things like that. I want to see people set free from the inside. That is my assignment. Yeah? So why would I let a couple of surgeries and a neck thing make me get off point? So what are you have that you're going through that might be pulling you off of your assignment? I know this is a pretty like, I just get feisty, okay? I do. I'm like, come at me because God wins. So all right, you're going to hurt me. Let's get souls. And people have been getting saved and we've been seeing more testimonies since I was like, let's pray. You know, it's a call to action. So I'm going to just wrap up. I just want to remind you guys, what to do when that pit... Oh, uh, this is the last thing I want to say, actually, before I do the recap. Um, in our city, the only way it can get darker is if the lights recede. If we're city lights and you're going through something hard and you just go and hide out, your light is not dispelling darkness anymore. Darkness cannot overcome us Darkness is actually not a thing. The substance of light pushes out darkness. Everywhere you are goes with you the love of Jesus. It's not something you have to try. It's just something you are. I am the love of Jesus. When I show up, maybe I'll pray for someone. Maybe I'll bless someone. Maybe I'll give to someone. I have to be there or it will be dark. Yeah? So let your light shine. All right, what to do when the pit just won't quit? Get the word of the Lord. Get the rainbow word, the God breathed now word. Number two, go with what you know. Just remember the simple things and be grateful for what is going well. And number three, don't you dare lose ground. We do not shrink back. We stand and we advance. Amen. God bless you. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley, 
be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.